0: Punters and welcome to Winning Posts Preview Podcasts for the weekend of Saturday, January 23. I'm John Barker. I am back and uh, refreshed, ready to hoe into 2021. Joining me as usual, Jackpot Joel Marshall and Dynamite Dan Nuttall will soon be on the line. Well, Joel, it's a funny old weekend, isn't it? Because uh, It's a long, long weekend and uh, some of the feature races, of course, are going to be run on Tuesday. And meanwhile, it leaves us with uh, some fairly fake looking fair over the weekend itself. Um, We do have a Group 2 race on Friday night in the Australia Stakes at the Valley, but, uh, geez, disappointing field. Only five original nominations... Uh, and there was a, an apparent standout there in the Godolphin trained Asaurian. And then it ends up being six acceptors uh, with no Asaurian. But Godolphin uh, throws in Viridine.
1: What do you make of all that?
2: Yeah, well, as you said, it's not, uh, you know, there's not, not many highlights this weekend. And the Australia Stakes, oh, it's becoming that race, isn't it, in recent years? Very small field all the time. and. I don't know. I guess with the with the prize money that's up for grabs for all these benchmark races that are being run every Saturday, you know, worth one hundred and twenty thousand. And Now we've got a Group Two. I know it's worth two hundred thousand, hundred and twenty to the winner, but there's not that big a gap. And I guess if you're an up and comer, you're really not going to go to a race like this because you're going to ruin your handicap rating if you do win or even run a place. And I guess the you know the the carrot of the big money is just not there. So I guess that's why they're getting small fields for a race like this. No, Isaurian, and they've gone with Viridane. I think Isaurian galloped at the Valley on Monday, so they must be holding him back for something else. And the good team have gone with Viridine, who was racing very well in Melbourne uh, sort of middle through the winter last year. He's had two runs back, and he's probably going to be the one to beat, but it's uh, yeah, not much of a betting
0: race, unfortunately. Now, well, speaking of betting on the race, uh, just talk me through... After the Noms came through and there were only five there and a saurian was one of them and it was marked at a dollar fifty now if you bet into that market I, I, I look I should have I should have done my due diligence and actually added up the market percentage of that market but uh, if you bet into that market as we know you know that when a horse like a saurian is Scratched. There's massive deductions if you've backed something else in the field. But if you bet into a market like that, and then all of a sudden there's twice as many horses coming, I mean, should, shouldn't there be the opposite of the deductions? Shouldn't uh, you know? Shouldn't you actually get a little bit of a boost if you bet in a five-horse field and all of a sudden it's a ten-horse race?
2: Well, that's right. You would think so, but you see that I know it's mo- certainly on most betting websites. Not sure if they all do, but certainly on the, you know, a couple of the major ones, they do have a little disclaimer underneath or slightly above the field when they do release those markets suggesting that there could be more horses added to the market uh so they do have that little disclaimer there and i guess that's the risk you're taking and well i mean if you if you were game enough to step into a dollar 50 with usaurian you know i'm sure there's other ways to burn <laughs> money but uh yeah it's a, it's a trap that sort of market um yeah you, and and it rarely comes off i mean I mean, I sometimes have bets into those markets on horses that are really rough, and you know, you get the fifties, they jump at 15s and they never win. So, really, should give up on that sort of betting.
0: Yes, well, certainly, frequent winning post correspondent Pittsburgh Phil would advise you never <laughs> bet early, and I think that market is uh, is a uh, is a prime example of why you should not. Um, my fun facts about the Australia Stakes is that uh, in the, in its long history, it's only ever once been won by a horse that wasn't Australian bred, appropriately enough. That was um, El Segundo, who was uh, a New Zealand bred, who went on to win the Cox Plate later that year. Don't think the 2021 Cox Plate winner is among the six-horse field there on Saturday, and there's only one non-NZ bred. And that's Tadisane, Joel, who is your top selection. So we may as well just uh, start with... Uh,
2: Getting this over with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've lent the way of Tavasan. No, I, you know, disclaimer: I won't be betting in the race, but uh, he's on top for me. I thought his first two runs back were quite good. Uh, there's nothing wrong with running into Serious Suspect at Packenham, giving him that horse is flying, and then he was a bit disappointing at Caulfield the other day. I think he is better when he's let run. He gets the chance to do that here. I know Streets of Avalon's got a bit of natural pace, but I think at 1,200 metres they can really let Tavasan run, find the find the rails and he'll get his chance to uh, to win. Viridine is a, a pretty consistent performer, this sort of level. Yeah, he's probably... Well, he's not really a Group 2 horse. I think he's a Group 3 listed, but as we discussed, it's not a real Group 2, so he's clearly a, a winning chance, and uh, I think uh, good placement from the Yusuf Ovic team to get Neighbourhood in here because she gets a, a great opportunity to get some Group 2. Uh, black type, I know she's already Group 3 placed, but uh, this would be great for her, and I think she's a chance of sneaking into the placings. Uh, Wiggy Turf in for fourth, 5-3-6-2. Daniel.
1: Yeah, on with uh, the three on top. Vera Dean, I thought he was excellent. At Eagle Farm, uh, last start. There. So I've got a pretty hot race there with the big weight. Drops a that and a half here. Um, he's unplaced place in two starts in the track, but he's drawn nicely and um, he's on top. It won't be a, a big betting race for me, but the three on top, they've got the two in next. Turf, we know loves the track. Goes well first up and has trolled well up. Leading up to this, Tavisane will be the one they have to catch on the bend. And in for fourth, I have the one, Streets of Babylon, 3251. All right. Well,
0: my fun fact, uh, well, another fun fact about the Australia Stakes is that uh, ever since it moved to this weekend in 2002, now before that, for uh, younger listeners, the William Reed Stakes was run on the Australia Day weekend. And the William Reed Stakes for quite some years was in fact called the Australia Stakes. Confusingly enough, this race was the Carline Stakes or the Wooden Stakes and uh, was run in March. So after a bit of stuffing around, eventually uh, they were swapped. But since this Group 2 has been run on the Australia uh, Day weekend, it's always been run, and that's about 18 years, it's always been run, uh, one either by a first upper or by a horse coming off um, a last start, Quinella finish, and there's none in that latter category. So the first up is here are Streets of Avalon, Widgey Turf and Arcadia Prince. And I think it's Streets, it's Streets of Avalon, which is the second highest rater in the race and was one of the five uh, original nominations. I think uh, if I was having a bet, which I might be, who knows, Friday night, uh, I'm uh, particularly stoked after the... Um, Oh, hang on, it's too early in the night. Oh, the boys, my my, uh, my under-14 boys will still be playing cricket uh, while this is on. So, well, look, I probably won't be having a bit of a walk. <laughs> I might go with Streets of Avalon. Well, look, uh, there is no black type, or the only black type on Saturday is in Sydney, but we will go to Melbourne while we're hot on Melbourne and head to Stand Down, Ladbrokes Park hillside track uh, for... Uh, just a, a fairly good, honest sort of uh, summer fair meeting and get your specials starting with you, Joel. Uh, sticking with Bella Tiara here, uh,
2: rewarded listeners and myself when she won at Caulfield the other day. The only slight disappointment was the late scratching behind the gates of Impercunius, who I was keen to take on and uh, slash the dividend, uh, not quite in half, but near enough. But still, it was a win and she's a, a nice filly, Coming through the grades, Bella Tiara, I don't think this is any harder. Uh, She stays on the same weight, and I think she can win again. So I'm pretty keen on her. And late in the day, my value bet is race nine, number 13, Flowstar, who needs dry ground, which she will get. She should hopefully get a slightly better run in transit. She was in no man's land at Caulfield first up, very wide. Knocked up in the straight, beaten three and a half lengths. Wasn't too bad. She had 59 and a half, so she drops in weight. I know she takes on the boys here, but I think she's more than up to it. She showed glimpses of pretty good talent in the past. So happy to back her each way. And if I was recommending one other bet, I have been following War Critic at the midweek meetings. It was a nice win second up. He jumped out well before this prep, uh, the brother to Odeon. So I think he's headed in the right direction, this bloke. Uh, he's in race eight, number 10. I think he's worth another look as well.
1: Yeah, my best comes up in race five. I uh, was pretty keen on Quantum Mechanic at the, the New Year's Day meeting at Flemington, and it was a pretty horror watch for me, honest, if you're on her. She, she had to go back on her from the wide draw, but um, just as they were turning into the straight, the sort of first two when the eventual Quinella got away and she was strung in behind runners, she couldn't get out to the 300 meter mark, and then one out, she, she really rocketed home. I thought it was the run of the day outside of the winner. In that Baggett, uh, Charlie Rose, who obviously blitzed him in that race. Um, but now, now third up, Quantum Mechanic. We'll get her chance again on a big track. Mind you, I don't think she gets as far back this time around, drawn barrier three. She'll be sitting around midfield, just beyond it, perhaps, and I think will be hard to hold out. She's a pretty talented mare and one to follow. So race five, number two, my best, my best value comes up in race eight. Pretty honest mare, Arctic Shock. She's no star. She's she only had the three wins from 24 starts, but she's a favourable uh, on pace racing style. She'll, sit for, she'll settle in the first three or four in and running and, and be in this for a long way. Um, Lewis German riding well, claims two. The first, so she does get some weight relief. Uh, the favourite in the race, Harder Croissants, is the, is the best horse in the race, no doubt about that. But whether he's wound up to go, and um, we get a long way back, 61 kilos first up. Not too sure. He'll be spotting Arctic Shock a little bit of lead, a bit of a lead on the turn. Um, And I don't see him being able to run it down. So Arctic Shock each way in race eight, my value. Race eight, number six.
0: All righty. Well, just to make it a particularly uh, efficient uh, little podcast here, uh, I am uh, in complete agreement with um, Daniel. I've got Quantum Mechanic, my best, and Arctic Shock is my value bet. As I mentioned earlier, they are contesting a black type race in Sydney. It is at Royal Randwick. It is a race number eight and it is the Fujitsu General Carrington Stakes, 1,400 metres, a quality handicap. Joel, worth 150000
2: Yeah, Best of the day comes up here. I'm keen on number eight, Bandersnatch. I think he's found the right race. He's uh, going well for Team Hawks. He won first up for the stable down in Melbourne at uh, the Valley, overcame some trouble and Won nicely from the back. He's sort of been known more as an on-pace horse, so that was a surprise win first up. He then went to Flemington. Wasn't really suited by the tempo. He couldn't lead, and he got held up behind them. They really slackened the speed mid-race, and he got onto heels, and then he had trouble getting clear, and thought he ran well for third. He went back to Sydney, came back to 1,200 metres, and went back, and he hit the line strongly. Just missed picking up King of Hastings, who had done work in the run, but I thought it was a good effort by Bandersnatch. He drops four kilos for the little step-up to open grade, there's a little bit of speed here for a small field, but he draws well. He'll be thereabouts, and I think he's very hard to beat. Uh, from Nine Chat, who's another one. He's another settle a lot closer than he did last time out in the Christmas Classic, over 1,200 at Canterbury. He's a pretty consistent performer, and certainly with this weight, he's the danger. Three order again. We'll be on a drier track than he saw first up on the heavy, but, gee, he was just never going to lose that. He travelled so sweetly might be a confidence booster, and five passage of times knocking on the door, he's next in, but eight on top from nine, three, and five.
1: Well, I'm denied about whether Chuck like Gilwire or snatch on top. i put Gilwire on top just at the price, rather back him at eight fifty nine dollars 59 than, um, than back bandersnatch at around its current price. Uh, I thought his two efforts in Brisbane were pretty good over the mile. He wasn't far away from Ballistic Boy in that Doombin mile, and then it's that handy, and there's really game and defeat behind the Herovian at its next start. He's a very honest customer, this guy. I, look, I don't think the, the step back and trip will worry him too much. Um, he's got a good record over 400 metres, and he's drawn ideally with a good front running rider on board and Tim Clark. So he's on top. Bandersnatching next. You um, see the up and comer in the field. Very good behind King of Hastings last start. In for third, I have the 10th, I Kingdom Come. Bit of a, a rougher hope. Didn't mind his first up run in that same race behind Bandersnatch and King of Hastings. he got a long way back. He'll be strip-fitter for the run um, and gets him weight. weighs 53 kilos. And in for fourth, I have the one Quacker Jack. um, uh, Second up here. Two, eight, ten, and one.
0: Joel, as you mentioned, Bandersnatch is your best on the program. Talk us through your value bear, which comes up in the following race. Race nine, number 12, Magella.
2: Yeah, well, she's... uh... Coming along well this Prep Magella, she's a lightly raced six year old. She only had the twelve starts. She won at Wyong, then stepped up a little bit in class to a midweek city grade at Warwick Farm and won again. Then came back slightly in trip, went to Canterbury. As we know, it can be tricky to make ground there. She was back near last on the turn and really didn't have much hope, but I liked her final splits. She ran on well, beaten just less than a length and a half. She's drawn barrier one here, and she gets the blinkers on first time, so she'll be nice and sharp. I think she can settle you know, just behind the speed, certainly you know fourth, fifth, sixth. That'll give her a chance of measuring up to a race like this at uh, good each way odds. And the other horse I can recommend, a little bit of a bet on, it's a tricky race, and you'd have to wait till after the scratchings. Race one, the two-year-old race, it's a big field, and there's a few emergencies that do have a chance if they get a run. But I thought the Chris Waller Philly filly headliner had trialled up really nicely. A Daughter of Star Turn, been given a couple of soft hit outs and I thought the uh, recent effort last Friday was very nice. So I think she's around about 8 or $9. But as I said, I'd, I'd wait until we get the final field before having a bet. But I think she's worth a, a look each way.
0: Daniel, your specials at Ram. Yeah,
1: my best comes up in race six, number four, Sacramento. I've always been a fan of him. He's come back in. Terrific order this time around. The two starts at 800 metres at this track. Um, excellent first up behind Amika. And then uh, it was so tough winning second up. He'll only improve up in trip. Um, as I said, he's come back in career best form, arguably. And I think he can go on with the job. So race six, number four, my best. The value uh, comes up in the race before. Race five, number seven, super effort. It was very good behind Private Eye on a wet track last start. That horse is... Well, to frank the form with another win. In fact, that three-year-old benchmark seventy-two race, um, Super Effort finished second. In the the format of that race has been really good. I think it's been three or four winners that have s- since won their next start that finished in behind Super Effort. So, an excellent form race there. Um, I think third up now with the gun jockey on board. Um, he can add another win to his total. So, race five, number seven, my value, Super Effort. All right, South
0: Australian Metro Racing on Saturday heads to Gawler and a notice for those using their printed winning post this week. Um, We've caught this for the online edition, but there was a late change to the times, so uh, the times in your winning post and indeed in your best bets and probably uh, a few other printed form guides around. Uh, not correct, and the first is going to be going off at um, around about 10:35 uh, local time, so 11:05 uh, Eastern. Um, so just uh, be aware of that. and If there is anyone listening from uh, Thoroughbred Racing South Australia, just you uh, might want to give some thought to the fact that a few people, still quite a few people, in fact, still do use printed form guides that are printed on Thursday, so perhaps uh, get out ahead of it, make that decision early on a Thursday morning. Uh, The forecast's been uh, like that all week, rather than just sort of sending out a tweet at one o'clock on uh, Thursday afternoon. But anyway, regardless of all that, the winners will still be paying uh, cash money. Daniel, so uh, tell us about your best on the program, which is uh, race six, number two for Philip Stokes, four of a kind.
1: I was with a for much of, she had four starts as preparation. She won, she won last start at Gawler. She was an impressive winner. She got a long way back and circled them up and, and did it well. She paid around 9.50 on the tote. I was on her the three starts prior when she started a $4 favourite and all of those or thereabouts. And uh, ran well in those races, but just couldn't strike it. I jumped off her and jumped off our deep, onto our deep agenda and ran second to her, her last start. So I'm back on four of a kind here. The, the way she won... Um, at this track was pretty impressive to my eye. And I think the quieter ride was a bit of a the key there. Um, I think she's a, a better horse than the field she meets here. It's a pretty moderate benchmark 68. She's up and great for a benchmark 60, but this isn't a whole heap tougher than what she faced last start. And um, obviously an informed stable and jockey combination. So race six, number two, my best four of a kind. The value comes up in the last. And I made this guy my best value um, when it raced first up, the, the sidekick from the Will Clark and stable. Formerly with the, the Freedman's Freedmen's camp in victoria um, his first up run for Will Clark, and it was okay look he got a long way back his drifter in the market at drifted at to forty one dollars So a last of the field of, in the field of fifteen uh, he, look he passed a few home in the straight but was never thre- never really threatened those um those up on the speed there he second up to get the extra hundred meters suits um, and Todd panel sticks of course he get the um, one of the leading jockeys in South Australia. I think he can give a better sight this time around and we get a good enough price each way odds to find out. So race nine, number four, the best value, the sidekick.
0: All right. Now, before we leave Gawler, there's a couple of possible nominations there for the uh, race name Olympics, that uh, much-missed segment that uh, we did for a couple of weeks there <laughs> and uh, we're not doing this week, but... Uh, race four at Gawler on Saturday is the Gawler High Beam Car Wash Bung Fritz Cup uh, over 1,506 metres, uh, and then later in the day we've got the members of Bung Fritz Society Handicap. Now, I've done my research in the last uh, 30 seconds and um, I've found on a Gawler, a Gawler and Barossi, Barossa Jockey Club Facebook post from 2018 uh, The Hawaiian shirts are out and the Bung Fritz Society members are ready for the running of the Gawler Car Wash 2018 Bung Fritz Cup, so it's now quite time-honoured as we're now in 2021. (laughs) Uh, But uh, if you're interested, the Bung Fritz Appreciation Society, founded by the late Dennis Father O'Malley, a network where men from all walks of life were able to meet and network in a conducive environment. His dry sense of humour and quick wit is sadly missed. Uh, So that's the late uh, Dennis Father O'Malley. Now... Uh, there is a picture here of the Bung Fritz Society, and they are indeed wearing Hawaiian shirts, and they are about to break into, um, they're about to break into their uh, their Bung Fritz anthem. Um, now, look, I think it's just as well that they're having their meeting at Gawler, this weekend, rather than in Washington DC, because uh, <laughs> just, the, just the way the uh, yeah you know, they do look a little bit like the Boogaloo Boys <laughs> wearing their uh, wearing their Hawaiian shirts, and they might find that uh, you know if they just happen to pull a mobile phone out of their pocket, all of a sudden the Secret Service are uh, gunning them down with uh, <laughs> AR-15s. Anyway, that's the Boneford Society. So we can only hope that Racing.com have uh, got the cameras on them when they are performing the Bung Fritz Anthem. The Queensland racing this Saturday heads back to Doombin. Uh And Daniel, what did you find for us there? It's a uh, fairly large nine race car.
1: Yeah. a filly I really like going around in the sixth race, uh, blue zebra from the Tony Gollan stable. They tinkered with her gear last start and it did the trick. Doomben, she, um, she pounced away for a, a very easy win. She's always had plenty of talent, this girl. Um, her trials and, and sort of leading up to the, the first up run, this preparation were, were excellent, as were they, as, as much like they were in her first preparation. So that win under a belt, this prep, I think she can go right right on with the job. She does meet a couple of smart ones in this field, but um, I think she's the best of them, and, and I find her being hard to beat in race six. Race six, number two, Blue Zebra. The value comes up in race five. Criminal defense was an eye catcher at the Gold Coast last start. He settled towards the, the rear of the field, um, drew wide, and Aiden Thompson had no real choice but to go back. He took some time to wind up at the top of the straight. He was sort of being urged along early. Um, probably didn't want to really be with him at the 400-meter mark, but he left out of the ground the, the, the final furlong and uh, recorded some really quick late splits, uh, comparable to the, to the rest of the day at the Gold Coast. So, it was an eye-catching effort. I think third up, he can go one better and, and, it, and gets a good draw this time around. So won't have to do as much chasing. you'd think. So criminal defense then got plenty of upside. Race five, number eight. In
0: Perth, they are racing once again at Ascot. No, black type. BJ Ryan, our man in Perth, his specials come up at a very civilised hour on Saturday earlier <laughs> on the uh, Ascot program, and his best is at 5.04 Eastern, race four, number 10, Universal Pleasure, Value Bet, race two, number four, uh, which is Buster's Force. Earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at Trentham, and it's also one of the iconic days on the calendar uh, quickly becoming it. So, anyway, uh, Karak, a million day at Ellerslie.
2: Indeed, yeah. It uh, started off as a Sunday meeting, but uh, they've moved it to the Saturday, I think, in the last couple of years, and deservedly so, to give it, uh, you know, its, uh, it's due coverage on, on the big day. And, yeah, it's a very exciting meeting again on Saturday, just the six races, as it always tends to be, but we've got the million-dollar races for the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds, and conveniently enough, my best in value come up in those races. My best is in the three-year-old classic, race six. And the market for some time has had this down as a two-horse race between number one Aegon and number eleven Amaralina. Uh, I'm firmly in the camp of Aegon. Uh, was with him in the two thousand guineas at Rickerton. It was a big win. He's something right out of the box. This colt three from three oh, gelding. Sorry, he is three from three. He's never been right-handed, so I guess that's the the you know the little query. And obviously, he hasn't raced since November, since that thousand, the 2000 guinea. So there's yeah, a couple of little. Doubts there, but I think he'll overcome it and be too good. And Marilena certainly looked very smart winning last time out. So she's a talented filly, but I am with Aegon race six, number one. And I've made my value bet in the feature, the two-year-old race four, number 13, 720. This daughter of power, uh, 50% and her was recently purchased by OTI. So they'll be very keen to see her run well. I thought her debut was good over the 880. She raced a bit greenly. She ran third. And the winner has since won a stakes race. And I thought her first up run on Boxing Day was excellent. Wide the trip, no cover. And was very brave going down narrowly. Drawn well. I actually thought she might have been, you know, sort of much bigger odds. But she's around $16, $17 mark. I thought you might have got double that. But obviously the odds assessors are giving her some chance. So she's my value. Trentham on Saturday. The best bets race three, number 13, Lana Cord looking to break her maiden at start five. She's had a little bit of a let-up since finishing midfield in the Group 3 Eulogy Stakes. She's nominated for the New Zealand Oaks. I think she can win this maiden, get her career off and rolling, and then they can press on to maybe some of those stakes races en route to the Oaks. She'll need to improve a little bit to get to that, but uh, she's trialled up nicely since that last run, and she can certainly win on sad day in my value bet is race four, number 11, Wind In My Wings whose two runs have been not too bad, just hasn't sort of showed a a sharp turn of foot. I think definitely looking for the step up to 1,600. Drawn well. Actually doesn't look too bad a maiden here, but uh, I think he is worth a bet each way, race four, number 11.
0: All righty. That wraps up the preview section of the podcast and brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, as we like to call it, Lazy Lobster. Lazy Lobsters,
1: Lazy Lobsters. Lazy
0: Lobsters, Lazy Lobsters. Yes, Lazy Lobsters. Well, what's been happening while I've been away? Daniel Nuzzel. Dynamite Dan is just on a roll. He's racked up a hat-trick of, uh, of good collects. I mean, I just I hope I'm not making you nervous, Dan, and that you need me gone before you can actually find these winners. But, oh, uh... If
1: I'm being honest, probably a little bit nervous. Yeah, that, that, that's your <laughs> bucks. But, uh, no, um, look, to be fair, I haven't been any flash prices, but considering I didn't really look like hitting one at all for the past couple of months leading into Christmas, it's uh, good to hit some form now.
0: Yeah, no, all good collection. Not only that, but our guest lobsterer Bill Sheriff uh, weighed in with newsreader. Uh, big, uh, big effort last week. So we've okay. got uh, you got them uh, one hundred and fifty bucks back for their sixty. So uh, let's see if we can. Uh, let's see if I can't. Uh, let, let's see if I can refrain from jinxing us on my return. I'll let you go first, Daniel, because uh, you might be going for one you might that I was planning to go for, and so I'll switch. But uh, we. Uh, what is going to bring you up to four in a row?
1: Uh, we'll go to Doombin, uh, race six, number two, Blue Zebra. Hoping uh, she can be pretty hard to catch um, around that 350 sort of mark. So um, four in a row, Blue Zebra, race six Doombin. All right. Well, I wasn't,
0: uh, I wasn't going to uh, – I didn't want to interrupt your role in case you were going for Quantum Mechanic, but that is what I am going for, Quantum Mechanic, which is at Sandown on Saturday. And is race five number two? And uh, sort of ticks so many boxes that you just know it's going to get rolled. Uh, Joel, has Bill Sheriff been in touch with you he, this week? To he has weighed
2: up? in, yeah. As you said, he chimed in last week with Newsreader and he's trying to get the turkey early Friday night. He's going to go with Dance Date as his $20 bet. So that's Mooney Valley Race Six number nine. Very unlucky last Friday night, uh, second last and never got clear. So Bill spotted that and he's gone for Dance Date. I am on a, a severe drought here, so I need a winner. We're just going to rein it in a little bit and go for a short but sweet. We'll go Sydney, uh, Randwick Saturday, race eight, number eight, Snatch. I think he'll uh, get away with the Carrington Stakes.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already, uh, all the form for Friday, Friday night. And, uh, geez, if, you've, uh, if you're making it an extra long weekend and you've got Friday off, it's a massive day. There's eight VAB meetings and Friday night there are three. There is uh, not only Mooney Valley and Canterbury but Sunshine Coast as well. So make sure you get your winning post Nice and early. If uh, you can't wait till it's in the shops on Friday morning, it is online now. You can uh, go to winningpost.com.au, click on the link in the main yarn and get it. Get, uh, your full Winning Post with all the form and all the reading. Only five bucks. But anyway, have a great long weekend if you're lucky enough to uh, have four or five days off. Uh, good weather forecast around much of Australia or well, possibly even too good in some places uh, as, far as, to, as far as heat goes. But anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.